This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everyone. I'm here today with Mike from Ceiling Gear. Hey, Mike, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. And you? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's a great day today here. So, Mike, can you just tell us a little bit about your background, maybe, you know, where you grew up? I am from uh, Cape Town in South Africa. My family moved down here when I was one years old from Johannesburg. And, uh, yeah, we grew up pretty much on the beach and uh, lovely, good Mediterranean weather. And, uh, yeah, man, it's... um, it's uh, Cape Town's called the mother city because it's uh, yeah, it's just the, the best place in the world to live and grow up. And random question, Mike: Do you guys do you wear felskoons? <laughs> uh, I used to wear felskoons. I've had a few pairs in my life. Um, I'm not that into uh, wearing leather goods and stuff anymore. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, I know a lot. Of, yeah, they're, they're classic down here. Perfect. <laughs> I just want to ask. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, can you tell us, I guess, a little bit about your, you know, your your background, you know, where you went to school and sort of, you know, if you went to school college at all and sort of, you know, how that journey started into entrepreneurship? I don't really have any um, tertiary education experience. I went to school and finished school when I was 18 and um, just some local schools in the area. I've sort of come from an entrepreneurial family. You know, we've, um, I've got a brother who's actually based there in uh, Newport, Rhode Island, just mm. a few hours above you, um, who has um, a bag business over there as well. And uh, two other siblings, one, one is a girl and one is a boy, and uh, they both have their own businesses. And my, my parents um, also sort of um, were, had their own businesses through the years. And none of them really have gone into the big and major leagues, but uh, sort of managed to make a living through the years. But yeah, so... What was the, the question was, how did I start this or how did I get into business? Or? Yeah, so I guess it makes, so basically based on your families, you guys always been sort of entrepreneurial. So is that something that, you know, you thought you had to do too, or it was just sort of ingrained into your, your, your system? Not really. Yeah. You know, I was sort of floating around doing, uh, you know, when I left school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And uh, spent about two or three years just floating around the world, traveling and things. And um I got back from a trip once and my mother who had moved it out into the countryside, she bought uh, a couple of plots of land. And um, so, you know, one day I was driving past there to go and visit her and uh, she said, yeah, man, I bought two plots of land and I want you to come and build two houses on it for me. <laughs> and um, I was like, mom, well, you know, I've never, I've never built a house in my life. In fact, I don't think I've ever built anything in my life. What do you mean? She says, oh, we've got to start somewhere. And so basically, I packed my bags and went and moved in with my mom for a year. And uh, we built two spec houses. So we, we, we built them and I did all the work and laid all the bricks and mm-hmm. put the roofs on, did all the plumbing and stuff. And then we, we put them on the market and sold them uh, a year later, which was uh, wow. sort of the be- <clears throat> beginning of my entrepreneurial uh, run and um, after that I went overseas again and made a bit of money and 
and came back and bought another piece of land and, and did my own, built my own house and, and sold that and, and then did, did that for several years, building and selling. And there, then I went into full-time construction, you know, where people come to you and you see you building your own things. They're like, hey, man, can you build me a house? So I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, I can build you a house. So then I started a construction company and did that for a bit. But construction's pretty intense. And, you know, I was sort of my late 20s and kind of feeling like I was, you know, 80 years old already because it's just like pretty stressful. And, you know, as a builder, you kind of got to be something to everyone and um, take a few years of your life, you know. And uh, so I decided to invest it in a, in a, a joinery business where we made custom windows and doors out of, out of timber for, uh, for the construction industry. And um, I started that pretty much at the worst possible time because, um, you know, we had two elements that uh, worked against us. One was that the timber joinery industry was becoming obsolete with, uh, with aluminium and things coming in. Everybody was buying aluminium windows and doors instead of timber windows and doors and then uh, we ran into the 2008 financial crisis 70% or 60% of the construction industry in South Africa came wow. to a grinding halt so um, yeah we folded that business then and then uh, that was sort of my construction journey you know I wanted with the joinery I wanted to build something that we could that I could you know turn it into a proper business that we could sell down the line but yeah it didn't really work out and then um after that i went traveling again a bit and uh i didn't have any wives and kids so uh, you know went and yeah, uh, after the, the stress of losing your business it's um i just needed some time out you know and then um went into business with my brother down here who has a company in the u.s he has a company called resales and uh we decided to try and get the business up and running down here in South Africa. And uh, we did so for, for a few years. We got, you know, four or five years in business together. And then that relationship sort of came to an end. And um, so at that point that I started Sealand and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was in early 2015. Um, we've been going for about three years now and going strong. It's so, yeah, it looks like it's been a, a long journey. It's interesting that you made the, you know, you started with construction and then you kind of sort of slowly move into the e-commerce type of space. You know, what are some, dif- what are some like big differences? Obviously, clearly there's a few big differences, but you know, what are some things that I guess you've taken from your construction companies to, you know, maybe the ceiling gear? The primary thing is um, uh, just keeping your books in order. <laughs> in construction, you know, there's, there's not much online business going on. You know, it's generally word of mouth or, um, you know, if you're trying to sell a, a door or a door frame to, you know, somebody building a house, you'd go around to the construction site and sell your wares, you know. Um, when I, we started Sealand, we started with a, a very good accountant and just somebody, yeah, just getting the books in order straight off the bat and, uh, and also just surrounding yourself with the right people, you know. I've had various partners over the, over the years and... Um, the partnership that I've generated here with uh, with Jasper Eels, who's who's the creative guy behind Sealand. You know, it's been an incredible journey with him, and uh, you know, it's been the best sort of partnership that I've had. You know, and um, there was something that was missing in in mm-hmm. 
some of my other businesses was um, just having the right people around me, you know, that, uh, yeah. 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 I think having a good partner. And then I think you also touched on something that's important with like something like sometimes like you said, Oh, I wanted something that was like sellable. I think that's something entrepreneurs need to think about because similar to what you're saying, construction, something that's sort of not, most people really don't want to buy construction companies, but like something yeah. like e-commerce or online software, those companies are more sellable. And that relates back to what you're saying before, which keeping your books in order, because when someone, if someone really comes to give you an offer, they're going to want to look at the numbers and not just random bits of paper that you might have. Um, so <laughs> floating around, yeah. yeah. In a shoebox. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's super for other like new entrepreneurs, exactly what you said. And, and then this is something that we've seen. I've, I've listened to from experienced entrepreneurs like yourself who have run their first business, second business. And then the third, fourth one is always much more maintained because you've seen all like the little things that cost you headaches and other ones. And sometimes paying for like an accountant is worth it because in the long term, it's just so much easier than probably dissolving it. You know, it was probably a nightmare, <clears throat> everything that you have to figure out and find out. If you started a business and two years later, you know, the business is going pretty well, but you haven't kept good records and, you know, the tax man's after you and, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's really difficult to play catch up. You know, it's, um, it's hard to think back on all these different transactions that you might have forget about and, you know, your accountant's like, so what's this for? And you're like, I have no idea. Yeah. It's just good to keep that clear and present, you know, and like uh, up to date. And it's definitely, you know, so we've brought on a new partner or two over the years with Sealand. And, you know, if we, if we didn't have our books um, up to scratch, then, uh, you know, they would, they would definitely wouldn't have look, even looked at us, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's a certainly, certainly an important part of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. And then sort of, you know, we, we landed on talking about a little bit about Sealand gear. Can you, I mean, just talk to us a little about that, you know, kind of, where did the beginnings of that sort of start? Because I'm assuming you, this is like when you're coming back from your traveling, your vacation, essentially, not really vacation, but just sort of yeah. refining yourself. You know, how did sort of the inklings of Sealand start? You know, to be honest, uh, I, I was the, 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 the business that I was involved with, uh, with my brother, um, mm -hmm. resales that, you know, he started that business 25 odd years ago. And part of his, his offering is that he makes some bags and things out of um, uh, old yacht sales. And so uh, when I worked with him for those few years, uh, you know, I saw how to do it. And, you know, I was doing all the manufacturing and things down in South Africa all on my own and stuff. So it was, I really learned how to make a, a high quality product out of waste material. When that relationship ended, you know, I, by that point, I'd, I'd identified uh, uh, that there was sort of a gap in the market. But what we've done with Sealand is we've broadened our offering to include many different waste materials, which ultimately give us, uh, give our products a different look. Mm -hmm. And that it would ultimately, it appeals to a much broader um, audience. So we, you know, as we, if you think about like a, a nautical sail bag mm -hmm. <clears throat> with numbers on it, would would appeal to sort of a older, sophisticated, uh, yachty type of person, mm -hmm. you know, someone um, that might drive a, wear a polo shirt and drive a Ferrari or something. Whereas um, if you make um, the same quality bags out of, or products out of um, sort of an old billboard or mm -hmm. uh, um, some colorful canvas materials and things like that, then 
you know, all of a sudden you start to appeal to sort of a broader di uh, demographic and, you know, younger people might like the, the bright, colorful billboard stuff. And then, you know, if you've got like sub subdued canvas colors that, um, that, you know, might appeal to sort of, I don't know, your mid thirties or forties, so just a, you know, a, a general weekender type person, then, you know, then that's cool. I got the, I got the idea from working with my brother before that. <clears throat> then, um, the, blueprint in the beginning was to make make bags and accessories from um, all these different waste materials that we had at our disposal down here in South Africa and um, make high quality products out of that and then we also wanted to do a line of apparel clothing and and uh, other items out of hemp and organic cottons which um, which we also have down here so that's kind of what we've done you know three years later we've you know we have probably about 60 products, 60 different styles of bags and accessories that uh, we make out of five or six different waste materials, yep. you know, ranging from duffel bags to backpacks, toiletry bags, even little utility bags or whatever, briefcases, all that kind of stuff. And uh, now we've also just um, come out with um, uh, a range of apparel and things like that with uh, we make out of hemp and organic cotton when you started did you launch with like this vast product set or did you have a specific amount um, that you launched with and sort of you know how do you how do you how do you think about product development essentially for like let's say for a new entrepreneur jasper and i are both uh, sort of we're surfers and we're outdoor people <clears throat> and um we decided, uh, you know, our first our first line of product was about 15 products deep, and um, we made things that we wanted to use, you know, and that we could use. So, you know, we started with, you know, weekend a duffel bag, backpack for going away for a couple of days, walking in the mountains, and then, you know, we'd have another backpack for, you know, around work and city or going to school or whatever. And yeah, so we worked it from from basically what we, what we needed to, you know, live a good life every day. Yeah. So basically like, I guess the, 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 the lesson is, you know, you started off with products that you needed that you want, you thought you would use and, you know, it just made more sense to you guys to start with that because you know that you could sell them or they were more like, you know, everyday type of use items. Yeah, that's right. You'll never have enough to, <laughs> to cater for everybody. You know, when you've got a, a duffel that looks one way, then, you know, somebody will come along and want, piece of, you know, something that looks another way. But, you know, it, it's, we, now we have, I think, four to four or five different styles of duffel bags. You know, we've probably got five or six different backpacks um, and different size toiletry bags to, you know, then we, we <clears throat> what, what also, the problem we came up, came up against right in the beginning was that because we're two guys, we forgot about the ladies, you know, and uh, yeah. uh, we have all these ladies coming to us telling them they wanted to support us, but we didn't have any product for them. So, um, you know, we went through a process that my, my manager here in the workshop um, uh, is a very good pattern maker and, and she helped us uh, design some ladies bags. So we have like, yeah. you know, probably got five or six different tote bags now as well. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I guess because like guys designing it, you forget that there's like probably a different market out there that wants some of your products. Well, the biggest market are the ladies, right? They do all the buying apparently, but uh, we only figured that out like a year and a half later.
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even then, like that sort of goes into like entrepreneurship. You sometimes you forget uh, because you're so caught up into your product or services that you, you forget about the market sometimes. And then you just have to make the adjustments and, you know, cater to the other market that's out there waiting for you to buy. And I think that's sort of, that's sort of what people learn. You'll learn that through, through just trials and you didn't know that. As a new brand, as a new company, how did you guys launch? You know, did you guys go to billboards? Did you guys do radio ads? You know, how did you sort of launch your, your business and so that people can know about your brand? To be honest, we did very little marketing in the beginning. It was, um, we piggybacked off some infrastructure that I'd built up with my previous business. Uh, which was the business with my brother. And uh, we had a, a small retail store in uh, one of the biggest, well, one of the busiest retail environments in South Africa. It was, it's just here in Cape Town and it's a very tourist centric area and, um, and locals go there as well. So we had a good retail space uh, straight off the bat to, to show our wares. We have a fairly large network of, of, um, uh, sort of friends and people that we knew in the retail industry. So we, you know, straight off the bat, uh, we were able to get our product into four or five different stores around Cape Town. And then we just looked at sort of, so there was a couple of pop-up opportunities and things like that. Yeah. But the focus, the focus wasn't really on our website in the beginning at all. It was more just getting our product into stores and, and in front of people so they could see it. And then, uh, the hope was that, you know, people would see something in a shop and go, you know, that they would, then they would come, you know, yep. look at it online later. But, you know, one of, one of the big issues that we've, we've had, and we're only actually uh, dealing with it now, three years later, is that our products are so unique. You know, our, our bags, we, we, we make them from different waste materials that all look different. So every bag is unique. Mm. And um, you can't just put a picture of a bag on your website and sell it like that because, you know, people want to buy exactly what they're going to get. So we, we've had to take, you know, images of every single product that we put on the website. And then once it's sold, we've got to take more images of another one. You know, it's like we, we don't have much inventory and stuff on our website, if you understand what I'm saying. It's yeah. like um, you can't just... Yeah, have a bag that you put up and say you've got like 50 in stock, you know, and then people yeah. can buy it, you know. So, okay, yeah, yeah, that's tough. How did you guys? How do you guys deal with that? You know, like well, you know. we we've we've we have somebody full time taking photographs and putting them on a putting product on our website, but uh, we're actually going through a whole new refinement process where uh, we're manufacturing products that have an exactly the same look. Um, the only difference will be the lining and the, the inside of the bag, which is unique to every bag. But, um, you know, we're just going to put an explanation on our website, on the product page that says that, you know, this bag will, the bag you get will look exactly like this, but it'll have a unique lining. Yep. And uh, I just hope that people will accept that because um, it's not really feasible for us to be uh, taking pictures of, you know, putting these images up of, of every single item. Yeah, I've seen this, I've seen, I've seen this sort of, um, some other companies doing this sort of same, similar type of, I guess, custom thing with like waste materials. And yeah, that's an issue they also face as well. And yeah, I, yeah it's, it's tough because it's, it's hard because what makes you guys, what makes it unique is also really hard to do. 
and that's sort of a problem you guys are facing right now. It's the uniqueness is what people want, but then logistics wise, it's a nightmare. It is absolutely. Yeah. You've nailed it there. Yeah. But, um, there are ways of mitigating against it and, um, and we're going through that process now, but you know, it's, it's just part of the, it's just part of the business journey. You know, it's like, um, we couldn't have done this, you know, part of the appeal of Sealand for the past three years has been that everything is unique. You know, mm-hmm. if we, if we'd started out with generic lines yeah. that all look the same, then, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have had the right story to tell and people wouldn't have bought into it as quickly as they have, you know? Yeah. So, and also, yeah, even for you guys, the way you would think about it too, with them, it's like you can have products that like you said that were maybe unique with the unique lining, but then, you know, you could have that other line, but that just made that a little bit more expensive because, you know, it is purely unique and it could be like a customizable thing that you can add on. So we're going through the refinement. So we have different, three different sections within our business. Uh, we have the upcycled product, which is, uh, you know, uh, reuse of waste material. Um, and that is always going to be unique. Now we, we develop, we've developed, we've found a material that's made from hundred percent recycled plastic bottles and, uh, upcycled cotton waste. And it's this amazing material that we're buying in and we're importing it in from Spain. So we're doing the same line of products that we have in our upcycled, uh, department. Uh, we're doing the, we're doing it, making it out of this recycled stuff and we can, we can make a lot of it, you know, and um, we can, you know, our production, we can utilize a, a more efficient production line when we're making these products because it's all coming from new material, but it still has the environmental um, aspects that we require as, as a brand, you know. Yeah, that's super exciting for us. So we will, um, it's a journey and we're getting there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Sometimes in the beginning, you need to do things that aren't scalable long-term but that's what's going to get you your brand awareness, your uniqueness, your advocates for your products. And then you have to go and think about, hey, how do I make this business last long term? And sometimes to last long terms, you do need to change some things, but you still keep in the spirit of the company and the core values as a founder that you have. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's where, um, that's where our, a whole new sort of recycled offering comes in and, um, yeah, I had a train of thought there that I was trying to sh- wanted to share with you, but I've completely forgotten it now. So sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, so throughout starting the businesses, you know, what's some things that you've learned and that have been particularly particularly helpful or, or advantageous to the business and to your to the growth of the companies? Just say that again. Sorry, uh, yeah, I feel like, the line dropped. Yeah, yeah. So th- throughout starting your businesses what are some lessons that you've learned that have been super helpful to the, to the success of your company? I think that I go back to partnerships and, and surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, um, um, over the years through, through my other entrepreneurial endeavors, you know, <clears throat> I didn't always have the right people around and, uh, it was, um, it always just seemed like a, such a lonely and, uh, and hard task just to get anywhere. And, um, you know, with Sealand, I've, I've connected with the right guys and we've obviously developed a great product line and, you know, we've got a very unique story. And, and I, I, I guess that's my second thing is, is in this day and age, 
uh, your product has got to be good. You know, there's, there's just, there's hundreds of millions of products out there competing with you. But um, if you've got a unique story, I think, um, and something that people can resonate with and, and yeah, just a unique story thing is, is what's really helped us gain some traction in, in a pretty crowded and um, competitive market, you know? Yeah, that would be, that would be my first thing is, is just have a, have a rich story, you know, and, and that's something that, that people enjoy. Yeah, I think exactly. Having a good story, having something that you believe in that other people can connect with and then yeah. the type of people will buy your products and be, basically be your advocates. And these are the ones that are going to give you the sales, the word of mouth that drives most new businesses forward. And then you can go back and sort of see how you can scale that and make that even, you know, a bigger business to, to spread your word out. Right. Yeah, that's right. So what I was going to say to you just now about our product. So you're talking about, um, you know, selling unique stuff at a different price point. So that's kind of where we're going. You know, we're bringing in this, this uh, mass producible lines of, of stuff that's made from environmentally friendly products that'll eventually become our lower price point product. And then our upcycled one of a kind pieces will be sold at, um, you know, at a, at a premium, you know, where people are happy to pay for something they know is, is truly one. There's only one of them in the world. Yeah. So I just wanted to reiterate that that's, yeah, that's where we're going with our lines. Oh yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That makes total sense based on what you just told me. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, what platforms or tools do you currently use to run your business? You know, that could be, your e-commerce store, your B2B, or even, you know, your own internal team? Well, we use uh, e-commerce and things. I mean, we have, uh, we run our website on Shopify and um, we use Facebook and Instagram marketing because we're sort of a visual brand. Um, you know, Instagram's our primary sort of social media platform. We don't really do much um, sort of, marketing outside of social media you know it's um um we we've we've looked at sort of google marketing through google adwords and things like that but because of our unique offering we've actually really struggled to get traction there and uh you know we've we've struggled to get to the point where you know you're spending x amount of dollars on ads and you getting x amount of dollars back in sales and and we've never really got to that point it's uh bit of a journey that but one day we'll get there maybe <laughs> yeah but yeah the other i mean we use uh google for all our internal <clears throat> emails and you know um document sharing and all that kind of stuff and calendars and things like that and that's kind of pretty much about it you know yeah perfect no yeah perfect yeah exactly what you said with shopify really good um e-commerce platform it makes it super easy for new entrepreneurs to get up and running and then google suite is always amazing for just emails and internal communication yeah i mean um, we use um we're just about to open our first flagship uh, big flagship store down here in cape town um, in a couple of weeks time and uh, so we use shopify to run our online business but we also use them for our retail business so oh, yeah. all our inventory and um you know is connected is connected which is amazing you know and it's um yeah shopify's was the find of the century man for us it's, <laughs> it, it works perfectly for what we need yeah with the shopify uh, pos it's super easy to sync your inventory with your online inventory so that way you always have the correct number 
Um, That's right. Yeah, so. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I have just like two more questions for you. Are you guys looking to hire any, anybody right now? You know, any position, it could be marketers, you know, teammates, um, you know, just sort of anything in general. We have just hired a, a, a couple of people. Well, we're only, um, uh, we're just hiring, we're hiring people to run our, our store. Um, your, uh, uh, your retail store, correct? Our retail store, yeah. yeah. We've just hired a couple of sales people to get on the road with Sealand in South Africa. <laughs> um, but as of, yeah, at the moment, no, not really. Okay, perfect. That's good. Yeah, if, I guess later on, if you're looking for more positions, people can, can, just, can just email you. Um, sure. And then last question for you, Mike, is where can we go to learn more about yourself, your story, or even your company? Well, I would say sealandgear.com is our website. It's, it's got little short bios on uh, everybody that works at Sealand. Um, one of the other unique things about our products is that um, all our bags come with the, the name of the person that made it uh, stamped on the inside. Um, so, and then we do a short bio on everybody. So you can actually go and check out who made your bag, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, our, our website is very story rich. You know, we, we, we do quite a lot of blogging and uh, we really try and tell the story of, of, um, of what we're trying to achieve and, and who we are and, and also the people that work with us. You know? So um, I would say that that's the best place to go. Perfect. Thank you, Mike, so much for your time. And everybody else, please go check out Mike at sealandgear.com to check out their products. And they also do ship internationally so that's something that you could get if you are if you're from the free US. shipping yeah free shipping <laughs> perfect all right perfect. awesome thank you mike so much for your time i really appreciate it brilliant thank you very much cheers this week's episode of digital marketing fast lane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at voy media join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips techniques and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be if you have any questions comments or feedback we'd love to hear them on twitter at voy media thank you